Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm with Ashley Parker, who's the co-owner of Best Parker Winery in the Central Coast. Ashley, I am so delighted to have a few minutes of your time because you are one busy woman. So thank you for joining us today. So happy to be here. appreciate the uh, chance to, to chat a little bit. This is such a great story and one everyone should know about. Your family has this treasure in the Central Coast. I feel like it's a hidden treasure. And I think we need to give them a little bit of a background the best Parker winery story. So your father was this famous actor. (laughs) For a time, yes. (laughs) Yes, some of us remember him playing Davy Crockett or Daniel Boone way back when. Can you tell us why he wanted to have a winery? What's the story? My mom and dad both enjoyed wine early on. I was with a group of people uh, yesterday and one of the guys said, well, nobody drank wine before 1976. And I thought to myself, well, that's not exactly true. Um, I won't tell you. Well, I can tell you. Marcy was drinking a little Blue Nun back in the day. Oh, wow. So they actually, no, they actually always uh, enjoyed wine. My mother was a fabulous cook. And they always entertained with wine and really enjoyed it. And, you know, I think it was something in the back of their mind in the early 80s. But the catalyst for the winery coming to be was... Uh, an opportunity for Fest to buy a piece of property in the San Inez Valley. And um, that was sort of a a strange circumstance. He had had a home that he was renovating. And uh, during an El Nino winter, uh, you know, as a, a very California story, it slid off the cliff. And so oh, suddenly no. the place he was planning to, uh, to move into, because my folks were splitting time uh, between the Palm Springs area where they had a home in Santa Barbara was, you know, suddenly that house was gone and he was lamenting his, uh, his homeless status with a, with a friend of his up at lunch uh, in the San Inez Valley. And this very uh, kind gentleman, T Hare, who specialized in ranch property said, Fess, the ranch right across the, the road from me is on the market. You should really look into it. And he did. And he absolutely fell in love with it. Um, it's 714 acres. The bulk of the property is on this beautiful Upper Mesa, and you know it's ten minutes from town, as we like to call Los Olivos, um, and uh, it was just stunning. And I think once, you know, they moved in there, he was kind of looking around, and and Fest was a, uh, Fest was a, a a big thinker and a, I'm not going to say visionary, but he had the opportunity to be in the presence of a lot of visionaries like Walt Disney, right. and I think Fest could see that you know the ten wineries that existed in Santa Barbara County at, in 1988 were going to be a draw. You know, they were a drive market. Um, it was a beautiful area. People wanting to uh, come up to Santa Barbara and get out of Los Angeles, just like he and my mother did, you know, back in the 50s. Um, it, it just all seemed to fall into place for him. And my brother Eli was interested uh, in the viticultural side of things. And so, you know, the original plan was, you know, we've got this beautiful property now. We'll plant a few acres of grapes and we'll sell it to one of the 10 
you know, wineries and we'll see where it goes. <laughs> so here we are 33 years later. Um, and, and, but, you know, my dad grew up in, in Texas, his grandparents were farmers and ranchers, and he's always enjoyed, you know, the pastoral pleasures, if you will. We had a place up in Santa Maria for many years and he thought about planting grapes up there, but, uh, was advised that, you know, the soils and, and climate just weren't, weren't optimal. So when he had the chance to, to, you know, put some roots in, uh, San Diego's Valley, he jumped at it. He purchased over 700 acres. That's not a, a little parcel of property. <laughs> That's a lot of land. By Texas standard, you know, right. small. But... Well, you're right, probably. Was it inevitable that you would work in the business at some point? You know, it's funny because um, I went to college on the East Coast. My junior year of college, I had the opportunity to do an internship in Washington, D.C., and that turned into a job after graduation, and I was back there working, and the chatter about starting a winery was becoming a reality when I when I went out of work. This was at the end of the Reagan administration. You worked in the Reagan administration and then went on to work for Secretary Jack Kemp, right? I did. <laughs> Great man, possibly the worst backseat driver in history, but a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful human being. Um, yeah, I'm a registered Democrat now, just so we can put that out on the table. But right. back then, yes, I, I worked in the advance office um, uh, during Ronald Reagan's second term. And I'm not going to lie, it's still the most exciting job I've ever had in my life. So it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so I was back there, you know, working and had a lot of friends. And, and Fess said, Ash, come on home. We're going to, you know, we're going to start a winery. And so I, I, you know, when Reagan left office and Bush came in, I, you know, was out of a job you know, being a political appointee. And so mm-hmm. I, um, I came home and I like to joke that Fess and Eli were out there kind of like bracketing it with their fingers. Let's build it here. No, let's build it over here. <laughs> and I was like, I'm out of here. So I, uh, I was offered another job in the public affairs um, office of, of Secretary Jack Kemp at HUD. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go do that and kind of um, bide my time a little bit and see how this thing plays out. But, you know, after a year or so, you know, it was definitely a reality and I came home to, uh, to help out. So yeah, I was in there from the get go, but I, it was kind of funny. Uh, I think dad was really upset when I went back to DC for that job. And so for years, for like 10 years, you know, even though I had come home and, you know, I ran the office, I was the shipping department. I, you know, I, I poured when we started, you know, when we had something to pour, I was pregnant and I poured through my pregnancies in the tasting room. You were paying your dues. (laughs) I was paying my dues. I was making amends. But for years, our back label read, thank you for choosing our wine. My son, Eli, and I have made this wine with a dedication. And I was like, oh, wow, he was really mad. I got completely written off the back label, which was fine. And oh, no, it's totally fine. But years later, I like to joke when they developed uh, what was Ashley's Vineyard out in Santa Rita Hills. I said they felt bad, so they named some dirt after me. So. Was, well, uh, only the best all... of the best goes into that. Exactly. Exactly. So it was pretty inevitable to answer your question. Yeah. I, you know, the the, the, the the desire to come home was always there, but I just, you know, needed something to actually do. <laughs> I know you said it was fun uh, working in uh, D.C., but it's got to be kind of fun working at your own family winery as well. It really is, especially, you know, I work with my husband, Tim Snyder. 
I think there's a great story on how you met your husband. I think you have to share that story before you can tell us how he's the president of the winery now. (laughs) (laughs) For a while, I kind of joked that my life had become a little bit like a Daniel Steele novel or something. It was, uh, it was really uh, a really hard time. Uh, When I came back to California, I ended up marrying my high school sweetheart. We had dated on and off for 10 years. His name was Rodney Shaw, fabulous guy. We got married in 91. I had our son Spencer in uh, 92, um, our daughter Greer in 94. And then I was pregnant with our third child uh, when Rodney died very, very suddenly of an arrhythmia uh, on February of 98. And it just, you know, you're just world, your world just implodes. And uh, very, very, very tough time. Fortunately, you know, his family and my family and and good friends, you know, they kind of just pick you up and keep you putting one foot in front of the other, which is all you can do some days. But, uh, you know, uh, a year, a year went by and it was coming up on the anniversary of Rodney's passing. And I, I thought I want to be anywhere, but here, I just, there were so many people who were kind of dreading that day, obviously first and foremost, myself and my kids. And I just thought, I just need, I need to just get away. And so I had been spending more and more time up at, the, up at the winery with Eli, my brother Eli, and I'd seen a trip advertised in um, Practical Winery and Vineyard for a viticultural trip with this crazy guy named Richard Smart, who um, he's a, a viticulturalist. They call him the flying vine doctor. He's hilarious. But I thought, Eli, let's go on this trip. It was, you know, all about um, Shiraz and trellising systems, and it was going to take us to, you know, several different areas of Australia. And he, he was like, that'd be great. I'd love to do that with you. But his circumstances would have it. He wasn't able to go at the last minute. And so uh, I went anyway. <laughs> and it was a really nice group of people on this trip, uh, including uh, Kate and Adam Firestone uh, from my oh, yeah. area, which was mm-hmm. a lot of fun to kind of know somebody. Uh, Alessia Antonori was on the trip. She's oh, lovely. Yes. She's an amazing person. And uh, this guy named Tim Snyder was there. And uh, he was great. And he was there. His parents at the time were growing grapes in Knights Valley and they also had a place in Lake County and Tim had come up through the Gallo sales uh, sales and training program he was a Williams College graduate which I tolerated I went to Bates College so we were the (laughs) same uh, sort of athletic conference and you know Williams is very you know uppity and whatever and I I, but I put up with it but um, we just met and started chatting and just really really kind of hit it off you know we were two kids that had grown up in California, but gone East for college. And then, you know, found ourselves in, in the wine business. And he was really a smart, very kind, just a really fun guy. And so he said, Hey, when we get back to California, can I call you? And I said, uh, sure. You remember the part where I have three little kids? <laughs> you know, I'm not like, you know, just a kind of spontaneous gal that can, you know, meet you in San Francisco for a weekend. But uh, he started coming down to visit and the more time he spent with Eli, the more I could see, gosh, you know, he really, he could fit in well. If we could, if we could lure him away from Gallo and he was in the marketing department at that time, he had, they wanted to send him for his MBA. And he said, you know, I'd rather just go into marketing up here. And so he was running a, a brand called Echo Damani and Anapamu and, you know, really busy and just so, such a solid um, knowledge of the wine business. And Eli said to me one day, he said, God, I would, I would love to hire Tim to be our national sales person. Could, you know, could you see that happening? And I said, I said, you know what, Eli, we're big people. If the 
if the romantic part of this doesn't work out, we'll figure it out. And so the joke is that Eli gave him the ultimate blood is thicker than water speech. <laughs> and uh, so Tim came down to uh, to Santa Barbara in uh, 99 and came on board at the winery, really whipped us into shape. So um, it was great. And we, we will have been married 23 years in November. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. I tell people I got really lucky after being very unlucky. Uh, you know, that could have gone either way, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it could have. And, and then talk about a lot of minefields, you know. You know, my family's operation and my brother's been running it and my kids and, and you know, my former in-laws. And right. there were so many inputs that could have kind of derailed us on all fronts, you know, personal and professional. Sure. But it all worked one. out. So far, <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're on a on a good road. I think you're on a good yeah. road. Getting back to kind of your career, your role kind of evolved into more sales and marketing. It, it did. I I have the uncanny ability to be able to talk to a stump. I mean, uh, <laughs> I kind of. I mean, obviously, I attribute it to my to my folks and my upbringing. Sure. But um, you know, my first job in high school was running the drive through at the local Burger King. So. I love a microphone. I love talking to people, putting them at ease. And um, so being out in the market and working with sales reps and calling on accounts was kind of a, an obvious place for me to land. And um, I was an English major uh, at Bates mm -hmm. College, and I love to edit. So I write a lot of our internet you know, copy, our website copy, um, back label copy, all that kind of thing. So, yep, I, I, I dabble. It's one of the perks of being... Uh, family they can't really let me go <laughs> so I just keep you know popping up different places that are of interest and in where I can be of help because you could kind of cater your own agenda right exactly so was there anyone that kind of helped mentor you along the way or did you just literally learn on your own I learned so much from Mark Shannon who was our very first winemaker he was only with us for a brief time but um, he was very helpful. Honestly, I've I've learned the most from Tim. So it's it's kind of neat when your when your husband can can be your uh, mentor of sorts. You know, I had people in my Washington days that I look up to that really helped me. But strictly speaking, from a wine standpoint, yes. uh, Tim has really really helped me. It's great. It's nice to be partners. You know, I think like we're truly partners in the business. That's fantastic. Is there some advice that stands out that he gave you? that you still utilize today? <laughs> he saw, I think, in me, somebody who could go out and connect with people mm -hmm. not and not talk about the pH, you know, in the wine right. and our barrel regimen and, you know, the, the technical side of things, which I can do if you want me to. Sure. But um, I think he saw that I have an ability to connect with people on other levels. Mm -hmm. And he kind of just said, go with that, you know, be yourself, tell, you know, tell the story of the, the family and the winery and, don't shy away from that and uh, mostly just be yourself, um, which has been really, really helpful to me. It allows you to be authentic and connect and people yeah. love to hear the story of how you- Well, and we're so, we're so lucky that we have a good story and I don't, marketing can be sort of a funny word, <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of marketing in the wine business and there's a lot of gilding of the lily here, there and everywhere. And, but we really have a very cool story to tell um, you know, we're going on Gen 3, you know, in the business, which is nothing compared to the Gallows or the Antonoris, but, you know, it's becoming 
more scarce when you have families stay um, under family control. And, and we're proud of that. And we right. want to keep that going. And that was, that was really important to my dad. That was really important to Fess. I love the multi-generational family businesses, especially in the wine industry, um, because they are becoming more and more obsolete. It's true. And um, I think he'd be so proud. My, my eldest son, Spencer, is our export point person and does a lot of marketing and sales trips around the country, you know, representing the family. He's six foot eight and has a beard and oh my gosh, kind of has an uncanny, it, it's not like super obvious, but occasionally, occasionally there will be like a look or something that he says that is so much like his grandpa. <laughs> it's like, it's hilarious. And then um, our, my daughter Greer is uh, 28 and she's our director of marketing. So she's kind of my direct report now. Oh, so that's it's interesting. Kind of, it's kind of funny. <laughs> I think it's fantastic that you have so much of the family involved in the business and that everybody gets along. That's not always the case. So I applaud you. It can be interesting at times. You know, people have different ways of doing things sure. and times they don't necessarily Mesh. align. But, you know, at the end of the day, the important thing is that we move forward together and um, I think we've been really successful with that. Top moment of your career so far, whether it's in the wine business or uh, your previous government experience. From my DC days, uh, it's hard to top being on the press platform at Brandenburg Gate when Ronald Reagan says, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Wow. Um, it was debatable whether or not he was going to include that in his remarks. And I just read a, a really interesting uh, biography on Nancy Reagan, and it was in and it was out, and it was in and it was out. And he said, I'm going to say it. And he did. And I will tell you that even the most jaded news reporter, cameraman, photographer, writer, correspondent, everybody that was on that press platform kind of looked at each other and went, whoa. I mean, it was a super cool, super cool moment. Um, so that's kind of hard to beat. Um, um, in the wine business, being named a top 100 winery by Wine and Spirits last year mm -hmm. was pretty cool. Um, you know, we, we kind of suffered from the, you know, celebrity winery dismissal, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, we, we, we played along with Rex Pickett in, uh, in Sideways, and we mm -hmm. were, you know, okay with sort of being the butt of the joke. But you know what? Uh, Blair Fox has been our winemaker for the last... 20 years. Uh, this is his 20th anniversary this year. He's so talented and so meticulous. We are fortunate to be on the Central Coast to to be growing Pinot and Chardonnay in Santa Rita Hills and beautiful winery, uh, Rhone varietals out at the winery. And so, you know, we've worked really hard. We've invested. Um, we've, we've made the right moves from a winemaking uh, standpoint. The talent that we have, the people, the longevity of our team is I think impressive and so yeah I think you know being being named a top 100 winery was pretty cool I think that would have to be a highlight for me I would say that that qualifies for a good highlight for sure you guys make a couple of different wine brands uh, West mm -hmm. Par uh, Best Parker Epiphany Addendum what's your total case production so total case production all in um, you know, with all those brands, about 65,000 cases. Oh, still relatively small. Considering. I know people think, people think we're this enormous winery, but the, I think we have a one particular wine, our Santa Barbara County Chardonnay yes. that uh, constitutes about 40% of our total uh, production. 
Okay. So people see that, you know, they'll see that in their pavilions or there's, they'll see it at a fine wine shop or by the glass at a restaurant and think, oh, Jess Parker must be huge. But that's not the case at all. I think we have five wines that are under, you know, 5,000 cases. We have that one wine that's huge. And then we have a lot of 200, 300 case, you know, single vineyard, clonal selection, Pinots and you know, different, different things like that. And so it's, we're not that big. Now I have to talk about the bubble shack. <laughs> I love all wine, but I read that you have this bubble shack and of course you make sparkling wine. I mean, who doesn't do. want to go visit a bubble shack? It's so fun. I had a really good time decorating that with a friend of mine named Sean Hinton. Um, she's actually uh, Darby Hinton's wife. Darby, who played Israel Boone on the Dan and Boone show. Oh, how he's fun. A, he's still, he's a lifelong friend. I just spoke to him the other day. Um, we were, con, you know, sort of consoling ourselves about the passing of Ed Ames. Right. Um, it was also on the show. But yeah, Sean and I decorated it. Um, I had been lobbying for sparkling for a while. <laughs> um, my my Instagram is bubbly biatch. Oh. So um, I'm a huge fan of, of bubbles. I will, you know. I, I am too drink sparkling or champagne every day I would you mean you don't <laughs> uh well it's I'd give it every other day three, right three, three to four days a week yeah there you go but uh you know we're so fortunate to be able to grow this this really really cool climate Pinot and Chardonnay out in Santa Rita Hills and you know the soils are so sandy and the vigor is pretty low and the quality of the fruit is fantastic and so it's it really just seemed to make sense and when we first proposed it you know Blair was like ah really but, you know, it's really taken off in Santa Barbara County. There are a lot of nice producers of sparkling, and um, we brought everything in-house. We did our first release, was made elsewhere, and we kind of Rube Goldberg did. You know, we, did, we didn't, weren't able to pick early that year, and, yeah, the first release wasn't so great. But, oh, my gosh, with every subsequent vintage, I think they just get better, get better and, better. and better. Yeah, we do a Blanc de Blanc and a Brut Rosé and a Blanc de Noir and a really nice fruit cuvee that we're able, we're able now to uh, lay it down for 23 months oh, and wow. thrage. So uh -huh. it's, you know, developing kind of those yeasty characteristics and it's, it's really fun and delicious. And we call it festivity with two <laughs> S's and, and everyone kind of thought, Oh, people are going to think we're illiterate. And I thought, come on, give them more credit than that. Oh, right. We're, you know, we're They'll figure clever. it out. So. Come on. It's clever. It, it's cute. Your property is a destination. I would say in the Santa Barbara area. Was that always the plan or just something that evolved? When my folks were still alive, um, they would spend a lot of time at the winery visiting with people. And it was just, I mean, you could see people walk in, you know, boomers would recognize the name and they'd walk in and they definitely did not expect to meet Jess Parker when they visited the winery. And he'd sit and visit with people and and they loved the area and they, they could see, you know, there's a lot of people that want to come visit up here and kind of unplug and relax. So in 1998, um, Fess and Marcy bought this little inn in Los Olivos and uh, it's the Fess Parker Wine Country Inn and it's 19 rooms. We've just renovated it um, from stem to stern. We all new, you know, soft goods and hardwood floors and new bathrooms and um, it's really beautiful. And we have probably the hottest restaurant in the San Inez Valley nestled um, in the inn. It's called Nella. It's the sister restaurant to SY Kitchen. So it's just a really fun little destination. And you also have these cabins. We do. We have two little cabins. And 
<laughs> they're kind of cute. I have good friends up in Maine, and uh, I like to visit up there whenever I can. And I, I stayed at a house that had a great name, and I shamelessly ripped it off. So we call uh, one of the cabins Chateau Relaxo, and uh, the other cabin, the two-bedroom, we, we dubbed World Headquarters because Fest would kind of tongue-in-cheek refer to his office as World Headquarters. Oh, so it. we thought that was a nice little homage to him. Yeah, so it's great. I mean, you can come to Los Olivos and park your car, and you can have 15 to 20 really fabulous wine-tasting experiences without ever getting back in your car. Do not recommend you doing it all in one day, of course. Right. But Two days. over the course of the weekend, you can cover a lot of ground. Sure. And they can all stay at, at your property. They can. We have some competition in town, though, but that's great, too. Um, O'Bear's just opened up down the street, but it's beautiful. And, you know, it's just going to bring more people to the area. And uh, I think a, a high tide lifts all ships, right? So. Learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com. Well, let's shift on to your personal life, even though we've, we've kind of touched on it uh, throughout this conversation so far. Where do you live? What town do you live in? So Tim and I actually live in Santa Barbara. Okay. Um, it takes him uh, about 35 minutes to take the San Marcos Pass over the hill to the winery. I am a freeway girl. Uh, the pass gets my blood pressure too elevated. So <laughs> I take the coast. It takes me about 45 minutes to get to the winery. But as far as the commute goes, it's not too bad driving up, you know, with the Pacific Ocean on your left-hand side and um, minimal traffic and it's great. So yeah, we do live. Uh, we live in an area of called Hope Ranch in uh, in Santa Barbara. And how did you choose that location? Actually, I grew up in Hope Ranch. Um, grew up and always tried to find a way to get back here. Uh, we lived in an area called San Roque um, after we got married um, for about twenty years. So we we downsized. It's a little ranch style. Um, you know, twenty two hundred square feet. It's great. Um, and uh, the the purge was necessary and. Keeping things simple is good for us because we are on the road a fair bit, um, but it's just a great area. So I have to ask, if we took a step inside your home, what would we see? What is your decorating style? I've been accused of decorating the house around uh, my big dog, Toby. He's, uh, <laughs> he's like a, a big red uh, pit rot lab. He's just a beautiful boy. But um, I, you know, I have some art from some local uh, assemblage artists that I love my favorite piece of art that I have in my house is so silly, but it's a, a, a Michael Diamond watercolor. It's a seven foot long carrot. And it says on it, these damned horses can't be bribed. <laughs> um, and if you'd been dumped on your head by horses as many times as I had over the years, you would, you would get it. And so I have, and I have some Peter Ellenshaw paintings, which are beautiful that um, he was a very close friend of my parents. He was a Disney artist um, so very, you know, just kind of ranchy and casual and sort of an eclectic mix of things and comfortable, I think, more than anything. Okay. Favorite room in the house? It's our master bedroom, but it has kind of a big deck off the back and, um, you know, beautiful ceiling fan and some some cool chairs I got from Garza Marfa. And uh, it's, it's, it's pretty big. When we redid the house, we kind of knocked down all the walls and burned a lot of sage and then put it back together and... Uh, I had the help of a fabulous architect who uh, loved our single vineyard Pinots. So for the whopping price of uh, five cases of the combination of our single vineyard Pinots, he rejiggered the whole place and just did a fabulous job. So it's a, it's a big space with, you know, high ceilings and some 
some shiplap and some big, you know, wrought iron windows that look out on the oak tree. So it's definitely my favorite spot in the house. Sounds lovely. When you have time to kick back and relax, what kind of music do you like to listen to? I'm a child of the 70s, really. So, you know, I I like some old school, uh, some old school Carly Simon and uh, Joni Mitchell, but I love Bonnie Raitt. But I, I have to admit, and I, I get a lot of grief for this, but I just want to see Taylor Swift. I think she's amazing. So uh, we saw Taylor Swift in Las Vegas, and it was wow. I felt like I was part of a cult, but um, it was a great show. Um, I love Chris Stapleton. I think it's like I guess I kind of lean country, um, but not poppy country. I kind of like poppy with chops. Do you have time for a hobby, or do you collect anything? I'm definitely not a collector, um, unless it's of other people's dogs, which I have sworn to stop doing. I played tennis in college, in high school and in college, and all, you know, throughout my life, um, you know, inner club and all that kind of thing. But I recently went to the dark side and I'm a full-blown pickleballer. I have kind of a, kind of a funny story. We had a, a wine event a couple of weeks ago and we've had it for 22 years, but I had the chance to go to pickleball camp. So I missed the first, I missed the first day and a half of a three-day winery event. Um, But Tim gave me his blessing. So off I went to pickleball camp with a friend. And when I came back to the winery for the, you know, the the, the last day of the the wine club barbecue, um, Spencer, my eldest, said a lot of people were asking about you. And I said, oh, well, what'd you tell him? Sorry about that. He said, I told him you were in rehab. (laughs) I said, why would you tell them I was in rehab? And he said, because it was less embarrassing than telling them you were at pickleball camp. Oh, I think I think it sounds cute. You went to pickleball camp. <laughs> that's, that's that's the the kind of uh, kind of personality we're dealing with in the in Gen Three. So he's oh funny. Well, you know what? You'll just play a game against them and beat them. So and and I do. I yeah. do. Is there something that you can share that people might be surprised to learn about you? Do you skydive? Yeah. Oh, parachute or rappel down. No, horribly, horribly afraid of heights. Um, That would surprise, you know, um, I think the fact that I am a registered Democrat would surprise some people, but um, that's fine. I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty much an open book. You didn't do something crazy as a kid that uh, nobody knows about? Oh, uh, no, I have this. I have the scars to prove it, you know. Uh, downing a little Boone's farm and rolling a golf cart here and there is, you know, was definitely uh, part of the summer plans for a few years. But no, I, I don't think I have any big skeletons in my closet. So that's always, that's kind of nice. Yeah, absolutely. How about a meaningful trip that you can tell us about? Well, obviously that trip to Australia with Tim was, right. was, was... meaningful in, in a lot of respects. It's it's kind of funny because uh, we, we postponed a kind of a big honeymoon until a year later and we went back to Australia but with a bunch of winemakers we went back with Jed Steele and Brett Escalera and my brother Eli and had a chance to um to to taste uh some really high-end producers over there it was incredible we have a trip coming up that I'm excited about um Tim and I are and Spencer actually are going on a little barge trip in Champaign so that'll be fun with some friends of ours from Texas so that that could prove to be very uh, very meaningful, but yeah. you know, I just I think travel in general, I think all of it, even if you're going 
someplace, you know, I'm not going to name any cities. I don't want to offend anybody, but maybe someplace that, you know, other people wouldn't look forward to. There's always something to get out of it. And the best part is being able to come back to Santa Barbara. So, I mean, the more places I go in the world, even the fabulous places, I realize how lucky we are to be here. So, right. It's, it's funny how that is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you come home, you appreciate it even more. Mm-hmm. Last question before we wrap it up. What's your secret to a great dinner party? God, I love my mother for this. Um, my mother, Marcy, was very German. She was very organized. And we have an open concept kitchen. So as the secret to a good t- dinner party is don't leave anything to the last minute. You know, my table is set by 4 o'clock. All my vegetables are washed and prepped. I'm ready to roll. And I, I think when you try to wing it, um, all sorts of things can go wrong. Plus, I like to have things, you know, cleaned up as like my mother would always say, clean as you go. And I'm so grateful to her for that advice because it just makes life easier. It's, you know, a more pleasant experience for everyone that's standing around your kitchen island. And um, I thank her every time I have a gathering for for her kind of, you know, showing me the way. Well, that's fantastic. And I, I agree with a lot of those. Those tips are good to clean, clean along the way. Well, Ashley, we're going to wrap things up with five quick questions. They're very, okay. very lighthearted. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. What kind of car do you drive? I drive a Range Rover. Okay. Favorite flower? Tulips. One of your all-time favorite movies. I just started playing golf again, so I'm going to go with Tin Cup. What is one wine in your portfolio that you could drink every day? Bienvenido Pinot Noir. And last question, what's in or on your nightstand? Five books, two pair of readers, um, and a picture of my daughter and me from Halloween when she was probably four years old. Oh, super cute. (laughs) What's one of those books on your nightstand? Boy, now I'm going to have to confess something. Oh, no. My dad gave me Team of Rivals many, many years ago, Doris Kearns Goodwin, and I I told him I read it and I didn't. So now I'm making amends <laughs> and I'm reading it. Well, you finally got around to it. How about that? No, he was right. I should have read it a long time ago. Ashley, you have been fantastic to talk to today. I really appreciate your time. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Visit winecountrywomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.